0: Welcome back to the Tapes Archive podcast, where we release interviews that have never been heard before. In this episode, we have one of the most prolific songwriters of the past 30 years, guided by voices, Robert Pollard. At the time of this interview in 1995, Pollard was 37 years old and was promoting an upcoming concert date in Indianapolis. In the interview, Pollard talks about the collectability of his records and hoarding a few himself, the business side of making money in the music biz, who he thinks is a creep... And how he gives hope to all other garage musicians. As always, we have music critic Mark Allen at the helm conducting the interview. If you'd like to support the show, please like, follow, and subscribe to us on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Instagram. There, we post other content and information not available on the podcast. If you'd like to read the transcripts for any of our episodes, please head over to our website at thetapesarchive.com. We'll jump into the interview after a quick word from our sponsors. Are you fed up with constantly searching for the records you want? Are you tired and frustrated from always straightening out your LPs? Now, with KTEL Record Selector, this will never happen again. To choose your favorite music, tilt the first record forward. The others follow automatically. Pick your selection when it appears. To choose more LPs, lean the next record forward and wait for your choice. The Record Selector is a new space-age design for selection and storage of records. Attractively finished in a gift box. KTEL Record Selector, only $3.99. One last thing before we get to the interview. The Tapes Archive podcast is a proud member of Osiris Media, a global community connecting passionate fans with podcasts and experiences about artists and topics you love. Thanks for tuning in, and now it's time to open the vault.
1: Two seven four. Oh, leave a message is Uh, Bob Pollard. This is Mark Allen.
2: Hey, good? hey oh, go on. hi. Good. How
1: are you doing? Good, yeah, man. Okay, oh, okay. Go Nothing. Sorry, I'm late. I had to drop off my little girl at school. The traffic. gets pretty. Pretty bad at uh, this hour. It took me a little while longer than I thought to get in. No problem. I'm just hanging out. Yeah, drinking coffee. Uh, all right. And well, what are you doing up? you know You know, you shouldn't be living the. You should be living the rock
2: star lifestyle. You should yeah, be going I, to bed I, just at this <laughs> hour. Uh, fourteen years of programming, man. Of, uh, <laughs> getting up at like seven thirty every day. I can't seem to break that. I get up. I, I sleep a little bit later. I sleep, you know, it's not so hard to get up if you don't have to be somewhere. Yeah. You know, <laughs> the morning also is like the, it's the most creative time. You should, a lot of people to get, get writers' blocks and shit. You know, I can't write is because they don't get up in the morning. They sleep until two. <laughs> but so yeah, so I, I still I get up pretty early. Well, well I, I'm guessing that writer's block is not a problem you ever have, anyway. Um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you know, I, I I try to write every morning. When I got home from Europe I wrote like I, I sat down one morning and wrote like fifteen lyrics and they were they were pretty crazy, but then I went and wrote the next day I did this I got the same the same time and like made another pot of coffee and wrote wrote the music to us and so now I have a new album. In two days I have a new album <laughs> That is great. 28 more songs? Is that? Yeah, it's like 15 songs. There'll yeah. be more. So yeah. I always try to keep it, I always want to make a, a shorter album, but then I always just keep tacking songs on and it ends up like our new album was originally going to be all recorded in the big studio and it was going to, only going to be like, I think, 13 songs, but now it's like half and half and it's 20 songs, so. <laughs> You know, you gotta give the kids their money's worth. Yeah, now this is the album that you're working on now? Yeah, well it's okay. finished. Uh, we got one more song to record that I'm adding, I, I wrote and I'm like, cause right now it's 19 songs, and i want to add one more to make it even 20. Okay. Plus I wrote this really good song that I want to put on there. And so it's finished basically. We have a, we have an EP, we have, a seven, we have a six song seven inch coming out next month, well actually first week of November, uh, called Tiger Bomb, mm-hmm. and it's got like, a, couple of recordings of some songs from Alien Lanes for, for radio play, which is, some people think is unfair, but we'll have to put a sticker on there saying this is the new big version, big <laughs> versions of them, and then maybe we'll put a sticker on Alien Lanes saying that, you know, features the, the lo-fi original four-track versions or something. All right. I told them to do that. I don't know if Matador will do that or not. But anyway, it has those two songs and it's got four more unreleased songs. Mm-hmm. And then we finished a 12-song, a 10-song 12-inch, a tw- a which will be out in January. Oh man, I guess that's finished. I just sent all the artwork in for that. And then our album, I guess, will be out in March if Matador sticks to their schedule. Yeah, so you're really just cranking stuff out. That's amazing. yeah, cranking them out. And then, then I see, I tried to get more money from Matador because I, I just wrote all these new songs and I want to, I want to record them, and I don't think they're gonna give it to me. I, mean, I think they said. I think they said that we, we have to wait until like our next album comes out. Oh, yeah. I think we're way ahead of ourselves. But see, see that's the thing though. Is that I like. To, that's what I like to do. I like to write songs. I should be happy, you know. I could be could be one of these guys. Like they have to beg, you know. Hey, when are you gonna come up with the rest of the material? Like do you ever see the do you ever see the Dana the Dana Carvey skit on Saturday Night Live where he's the he's the rock star and the record company I asked him to come in. They want to know what he's come up with. And uh, no, I never. He makes them all up on the spot. Uh-huh. Oh, that's hilarious. He's on his <laughs> grocery list. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's hilarious. I think it's on The Best of Saturday Night Live. i check that out. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it could be like that, you know? Yeah. But you know, I, I just like to write. I like to write songs. It's, it's fun. It's what makes me happy. I can't believe I get to do it now for a living, you know? I get, it's my job. I get to sit around and write songs <laughs> and cut out pictures and shit, all the things that my, you know, my mom and dad said I, that I needed to quit doing. But, hey, <laughs> Cut out pictures? What do you, oh, for that? Oh the, yeah, glasses yeah.
1: and stuff. Oh, okay. I, I, doing stupid <laughs> shit, as my dad used to call it. <laughs> <laughs> that is great. I mean, you're living the, it, kind of like, uh, a friend of mine said that, that you have given hope to everybody who plays in a garage and is in their thirties, yeah, you know. And yeah,
2: and I think that's true, you know. I mean, yeah, uh, for us to kick around that long and then for something to finally happen, like, is like a, is a great hope for kids. I mean, I've talked to kids, like, uh, they've written me, and. They go, well, I'm frustrated, you know, we've been, had this band for a year and nothing's happening. I that <laughs> that's, the, that's the mistake a mistake a lot of kids make, and a lot of, you know, they have ambitions for something to happen to their music. and Fuck, so just do it because you like to do it, you know? Mm-hmm. That's why we, we did it because it was fun. You know, we, we couldn't believe that we could actually, you know, actually none of us came from musical backgrounds, and we couldn't believe that we could get together and pound and, and out, make noise with amplifiers, and you know, three string guitars and shit like that. We couldn't believe it, so. We didn't care. We just wanted to make records. Yeah, Yeah, but it's not just. We don't care about making money. We just love to make records.
1: (laughs) Uh oh! You've seen a Don's Guns commercial it, or something? Does that guy it, like say
2: that? We've got some guy around here who says we don't care about selling carpet. We just love. Yeah. And we don't care about making money. We just love to sell carpet.
1: Right. Well, this guy says, "I don't want to make any money, folks. I just love to sell guns." And then he's got this really, <laughs> cool. he's got this really sadistic I just laugh. I want to
2: sell guns. Yeah. You know? I want guns to be in in your
1: hands. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The, the funny thing is, this guy's pro gun control. I mean, he owns these gun stores and he's pro gun control. But that's that's a slogan, and So, okay. That's, that's pretty <laughs> but, now, um, but but it's not just kids that you've given hope to, because you, you've given hope to like every every guy who's been plugging away in his garage well, for, guys, for 15 yeah. years. We appeal
2: yeah, to, we, that's pretty weird, because we, yeah, we appeal to youth and to, to older people. Uh, yeah, 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 oh really man, I mean there's a lot of guys that I know around this area that now the major labels are swooping down on them again, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, they've, they've been, because they're looking for another kind of voices, they, <laughs> they're thinking, you know, there's gotta be, if there's one band like that out there, there's gotta be more that's been toiling away in, in the basement for years, and they getting and have all this, backlog of material, you know. Well they're they're, they're, they're doing that and there's some of these older guys are getting some attention
1: now. But there are thousands
2: of bands like that. I I mean, know, yeah, but I they're looking for I guess they're looking for somebody that maybe has good. <laughs> yeah, I,
1: oh yeah. I mean, but, but but if you look at it like I like I know some people um, in this like very fringe collectors market, you know, who go out and they they try to find these like uh, these people who put out like designer. Basically, like um, you yeah. know, they maybe press 300 records for their friends when they when they put their band together. And there's just hundreds and hundreds and there are records in there. Like there was a band here uh, called McKay, I think, and they they made like 300 records and you can i have seen catalogs where their record sells for like 1200 bucks on a collectors wow. market you are they like, pretty good they're okay you know i mean it's it's very 70 sounding stuff you know but it's uh, but it was okay for for the time i'm the sure. record
2: sells for 1200 that's amazing yeah. you know our second album double between my toes we only made 300 of those mm-hmm. and that's got a I bet that's worth a lot of money. Yeah. I mean um, and,
1: and if things keep going it's just gonna be be worth more. I know. I know. Now now my, my uh, when you the, I, the only time you've played here, as far as I know, is Lollapalooza a couple of years ago. Yeah, and we played. Uh, how, is Bloomington pretty close? Yeah, Bloomington's like an hour south. Yeah, we played there. Okay. That was a good show. That I mean, that was a, that was a nice crowd. Yeah, is it going to be a good show? Oh yeah, I think so. Cool. I think so. Um so. But uh, anyway, so so uh, I, I took my little brother to see you, and he's um, well, he was probably 13 at the time. He's 15 now, and he he asked me to ask you. Um, can is most of your stuff still?
2: available, where can it be bought? Well, you know, the original stuff is not, but it, you know, it's, it, most of it's in that box set. Mm-hmm. I don't know if he has the box set. Yeah, I think he does have the box set. Hey, also tell him that, uh, you know, I, I know the show we're playing is like 21 and over, but you know Todd Robinson? Uh, no. Well, he owns a store there, I'm not sure what it's called, a record store, but we're gonna come in there at like five o'clock and hang out and oh, eat, okay. too, and drink beer, and I guess he, he's gonna advertise, and he wants a lot of kids to come in that can't come to the show and talk to us and that kind of thing, so to come down. Yeah, well, he lives in New Jersey, but... Uh, oh, does he? But, yeah, but... Uh, but yeah, right. no, but a lot of that stuff is, is not available. It's just mm-hmm. in the box set. And, like, even a lot of the seven-inch EPs, you know, are, are just getting pretty much hard to find. I think City is gonna repress uh, Static Airplane Jive. Um, some of that stuff is tough to find. Did you save stuff for yourself? I mean, do you, do you have Yeah, I have a, a few of everything. That's but good. But it's down to, like... I mean, some things are, like, I have, like, three or four copies of, and that's it, you know? I'm, mm-hmm. I tried... I wanted to not get below five of anything. Yeah. I don't know. I know that's kind of gluttonous a little bit, but you know, <laughs> we used to like our early uh, when we when we put out the records on our own, you know, and, and did we just kind of hoarded them in the basement, kept them to ourselves? You know, we used to we didn't know what to do with them. How we used to like, take them and give them away. People wouldn't even take them. We <laughs> didn't even want. Them. Oh, I don't have a turntable you now. We we throw them like like frisbees and shit. You know? Oh boy! <laughs> <laughs> now they're worth like hundred fifty bucks a piece. Oh god! Yeah. Um, so so
1: this is um, what your first or second record for Matador? Is second. Alien, Alien the, the one
2: coming up, yeah, is our second. Yeah, the one, the one coming up is your second. Yeah. So. Well, we've only we've only put out one album from Matador so far, Alien Lanes. Okay, and uh, well, actually, two. If, if you count singles, we put out the Motorway single. That was that was Matador, mm-hmm. and then you know, henceforth all the. Stuff's going to be on Matador. We, had, in our contract, I think we can actually put out a couple, two or three releases by other people. But you know, I just don't see the point in doing that if Matador is going to put out. You know, they'll put out anything we want. You know, except now they're they're, they're pretty slow about it. They don't. They, I think they think we're, we're flooding the market with stuff. You know? <laughs> you know, if we pump it out, put it out, you know, people are going to, what's the difference whether they buy our album or our EP, you know, as long as they're buying our stuff, I don't know. Well, it's, it must be a marketing strategy or something like what, that. It, that. It must be a marketing strategy. It is, yeah, I mean, it's got, it's, it all has to do with recouping... Recouping advances and things like that, you know, and mm-hmm. just giving giving records time to sell. You know, we're involved with with bigger companies now and with publishing companies. and, You know, I signed publish a publishing deal and all that. And it's I'm kind of you know I, I'm trying to be compromising. You know, I don't want to I don't want to put too much on them. I want to give you know you got you, they give you a certain amount of money for the for the album and you got to give it time to sell and make back you know and give them time to make money on it. So you know it, it, it is it is a market and it is an industry. So they got to do their job. But you know my job is to write write songs and put out albums. So put them out, please.
1: Yeah, <laughs> probably my job. Yeah, I bet there are a lot of people who would like to have uh, somebody like you on their label be, uh, you know, prolific and, uh, yeah, and having yeah, well no problem. Now. But um, <laughs> anyway, I heard this. Um, I heard the NPR piece on you guys yesterday, and uh, I, I thought it gave um, two misleading impressions. Let me ask you if, if I'm wrong or okay. right about this. I, it, it, uh, yeah, I heard it, somebody told me about that. Uh, one impression that I got was that anybody could do what you did. I mean, and I don't mean make records and, and Stuff, but I just mean like it it, it gave the impression that if you hang out in your basement long enough, somebody will come knocking
2: and offer you a record deal. Yeah. Well, if 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 what you're doing is that'll that will happen. Yeah. I don't. I don't. I don't know how. What context that was taken, but that that would happen to you if you do. If what you're doing, if you sincerely believe that that it's like something that satisfies your soul, which we, which I did, Mm -hmm. then that'll happen to you. If you're just doing it with some kind of like false ambition that, you know, if I do this long enough, somebody's gonna find out my talent or, or whatever. And you're doing it with, in the back of your mind, you're thinking somebody's gonna discover you. If you do it that way, then it probably won't happen. But if you do it just because you want to do it, then then, it's something, then good things will come to you, you know? Good things will come to those who wait or whatever. And and the other impression that, that it
1: gave was that you're making not huge money, but but fairly
2: substantial money. Yeah, we're making, I'm making better money than I did. Now, you know, the thing is, though, it's like, you know, you get a, a, a chunk here and a chunk there, it's not like, you know, it's not like a, sec- a nine-to-five job with benefits and, and the security and all that. Right. But, you know, I'm making a lot more money than I did teaching, which I think is a pretty sad state of affairs <laughs> society, <you know>? <laughs> Yeah, society, <laughs> where are our society's priorities, you know. God bless society. Yeah. But yeah, I'm make, Yeah, I'm. Uh, yeah, I mean, we're making. We all were able to quit our jobs, and you know, we're just, You know, we're able to make a living of it. So, oh well, that's I mean, we're not rich or anything, but we're making money. Yeah, yeah I mean, I, I, he
1: gave. He didn't give the impression that you were rich, but he gave the impression that you know the, that money. it was pretty substantial amount of money that you were like. Well, you know, and I just I I, I think to myself and I do the math and and you know like you're playing here at a four hundred. Capacity club, and it's seven bucks to get in, so that's 2,800 bucks. You know, so obviously,
2: the St. Louis show, we get six thousand dollars for an hour.
1: Yeah, well, that's pretty good.
2: That's (laughs) that's the thing is, you know, that's not where we make our money, really. We don't really make a whole lot of money live because there's so much. You know, we're a business now, and we have to take out payroll taxes, individual taxes. We have to pay our management 15%, we have to pay our accountant 5%, we have to pay our booking agent 10%. We have to pay expenses. See, they get all those before expenses, right? So by the time we're We'll do a tour and we'll make $30,000 and we might make $1,500 a piece. Yeah, and that's for how many weeks, work? For like three weeks, probably. Yeah. So, you know, we're not, I mean, it's, it's good money live, but it's not great money. My money's coming, most of my money's coming from my publishing mm-hmm. now you could, as a songwriter. So like you know, it's just like that's what I'm hoping. You know, I'm, I'm 30. I'll be 38 in October, and you know, I'm, I'm you know my hip hurts. My left hip hurts, and shit. <laughs> and I don't know how much longer I can jump around on stage and get hammered and shit. You know, so hopefully, you know, when it, when when that's finished, I can continue to be a songwriter for however you know as long as people need songs. Mm-hmm.
1: When I listen to uh, to your records, I, I always think I think
2: like Beatles a, a lot. Do you were yeah, you a well, big Beatles a, fan? The Beatles are the, still. I know you know they were they were a bit hokey, and they were like you know they were. Such an icon and everything, you know, but but still, I mean, their, their records were the greatest. I, I just don't think that, like, because of John, mainly because of John Lennon's songwriting and because of Paul, Lenn- Paul McCartney's sequencing of the record and the time he took into put that he took into making the records and you know, putting the records together. I just I don't think that people can make records that good. And I and I try to make a record like that, mm-hmm. you know, not necessarily copy the Beatles songwriting style or what they do, uh, I, I naturally have a kind of a John Lennon voice. I guess I, guess I grew up on John Lennon's singing style, you know, the McCartney and that kind of thing, the British Invasion. But uh, I try to put a record together the way the Beatles did, you know, the way the time they took into sequencing the record. And, you know, I, and because we have access to, mainly we, we've had access to a four-track, I try to make it sound like, kind of like a long-lost Beatles bootleg, you know, a Beatles bootleg of, like,
1: Long lost studio stuff that you can't get anymore. Yeah, there there are times where I think this was sound. There are songs
2: that sound like the Beatles are goofing around in the studio. Yeah, right. I love I love when the Beatles are goofing around. Right. <clears throat> yeah. So I, yeah, I kind of went for that. I love I, I found I you know, occasionally find bootleg and I find stuff studio stuff that were oh, like the Who or the Kinks or the Beatles or whatever, and they're just like messing around and making up silly shit in the studio, and that to me that's like some of my favorite stuff. Yeah, and I also think of, of records like the Who Sell Out. You know, oh yeah. The, the, oh yeah. The, 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 you know the See, these that's are the concept thing. I, I like to think. That all of our records are <clears throat> semi-conceptual, you know, and just the way that they're put together, like Alien Lands to me is like a is like a kind of like you're tuning into this weird radio station from another dimension. And there's except there's no DJ, you know, they just all kind of bust together. So like all the records seem to have, they're, they're a little bit conceptual, kind of like like Who Sell out or like Sgt. Pepper, that kind of thing. Yeah. You, know? you taught school
1: for 14 years, fourth grade, right?
2: Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, what do you think of kids? Are, are kids getting dumber? <laughs> Or, well, kids are getting actually, I mean, technically smarter with you know with computers and video games and all that shit, but I i don't know. Maybe in common sense, common sense-wise, they maybe they are, I don't know. I don't know, some of the stuff they listen to, I, I gotta be happy with kids, you know. Kids are like paying my bills right now. Right. <laughs> I have to be happy with them, man. I, I like to think they're smart because they listen to God of my voices. Right. <laughs> but then when they listen, a lot of them, they're on the, you know, still listening to some of this Pearl Jam imitation shit, and you know, like the Nirvana, Rip off like Offspring and bands like that. I like to think that I I tend to think that they're kind of being kind of dumb and just led along, you know, by whatever they hear. You don't think the Offspring have anything to offer? From like, what I hear, no. You know, mm-hmm. I, maybe, maybe I'm, you know, I don't have any other records or anything, but from the main, from the stuff that I hear on, on the radio and, on, and I see on MTV, it just seems to be pretty much derivative, you know? Hmm. Okay,
1: yeah, I mean, I, I think that's true. But I think, you know, it's, it's pretty hard to come up with something that's absolutely
2: novel oh, anymore. This is extremely hard. I've tortured myself with that for years. I've always thought that we sounded like, too much like other, like someone else. Like, we, that sounds like somebody else. That sounds like somebody else. But then, it got to the point where we sounded like so many different bands and so many different eras that you can't tell what we sound like and we almost have developed our own sound. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, you've had uh, how many years to, to, yeah, uh, no, have to do that, this? Yeah, so. uh, since, well, we started doing original stuff in like eighty one, so like, what yeah. is that? 14 years. Yeah, so you've had time to develop. that as, as, everybody... as, as I talk, kind of, like I had a side project, as a, you know. Before that, I would play. I used to play in like cover bands, like metal bands and bar bands and shit, you know. <laughs> in like the 70s. It's yeah. Pretty sad. Yeah. And, uh, and have you lived in Dayton, here, or, or the Dayton area? I've lived all in like... all my life. Yeah.
1: Wow. Yeah. So that's not a place where people usually uh, are discovered from.
2: No, it's not a place. It's not not a real hit place. It's getting better. I mean, there's starting to be some bands that are like. I mean, uh, you know, obviously when like when bands starts experiencing Success like the breeders, like we have, then the labels are going to come swooping in. So there have been like four or five bands that have been signed to, to like you know some pretty good independents like Grass and Brainiac just got signed to Touch and Go. Mm-hmm. So like you know there, it seems like it's a happening thing going on right now in Dayton, but it's still not. It's just still it's still backwards. The media doesn't support bands. They think it's bad for the kids now. They're trying to bring it down. You know, they bring out things that happened, like the Kelly Deal incident. They, they've kind of focused on the fact that we're like old, sad drunks or something. <laughs> yeah, they've written bad things about us in the paper. Yeah, it's, it's pretty bad. In the Dayton paper? In the Dayton paper, yeah. Can't, oh, man. I, not Dave Larson. He oh, yeah. Here. That fucking creep, Dave Larson. hey Really? That's unbelievable. Yeah, he, he followed us around for a long time. But see, we had, this, we had a show at Jilly's, and we just like we invited like four other bands to play with us, Kim Deal's new band, and, mm-hmm. and three other Dayton bands. and It was just a big party, and everybody was having a good time, and you know everybody was drinking, and just by the time we came on, you know we were last, we were pretty smashed. But we, you know we we played the show, and everybody had a good time, and, and you know it, we, our amps broke down in the middle, and we had to stop for a while, and we and I and I told some people like it was, and they turned the lights on. Our show, our our part of our show was only like halfway done, and they turned the house lights on us because they were all pissed off and everything, because everybody was having a good time. So I said, I said you know hey don't leave, you know we're not finished yet, you know. We just we just blew an amp, and he wrote it up in the paper that I was like laying on the floor begging and crying for people not to leave because we were sucking so bad. Yeah, he just completely exaggerated. I mean, the headline was uh, "GBD throws this one away," and then and then the next day he wrote another one. Another uh, article said uh, substance abuse still prevalent in rock, and then talked about us and Kelly and everything. Just like. And, you know, just like that kind of thing. And then and there's no, there aren't any, there aren't really any really cool record stores here. I mean, like really, we, to get really good records, you have to go to Cincinnati or Columbus. There's no place to play. There aren't any clubs here. I mean, there's one club called, Canal Street Tavern, it only holds like maybe two hundred people, hmm. two hundred and fifty people. So like just like it's not you know, a lot of people are misconstruing that this is this really hip city, this really hip town, and it's not, you know. Yeah, well I, did, I never thought of it that way, but I but I'm, I'm real
1: surprised Dave Larson that just doesn't you yes, know, absolutely. I mean I know him a little bit and that, that just sounds
2: you really to up there. stick to reviewing what Houston and stuff. Yeah, I guess so. Holy <laughs> crap, you know. I mean I don't know, people I mean, we, and we put and I listen to this. and as a matter of fact we're putting that out putting that show out as a bootleg this guy in town is uh-huh. He's putting it out as a bootleg. With, with that with that article as the cover, <laughs> it, it's be really cool, yeah, and, and we listen. I, I listened to it, and you can hear some of the things I said, but they're completely taken out of context of uh, uh, what he said. And and it's like for the like the first. Like eighteen songs, we ripped through them. It sounds great. Man. Uh-huh. I didn't, you know, it got sloppy around at, toward the end. You know, when everybody was just, and yeah, Mitch threw up on the stage, you know, like you said and everything. But you know, that was after <laughs> the show, and it was like behind the drums. So, yeah. mm. <laughs> well, it sounds like you're having a good t- good time. Huh? <laughs> we're, we're We're gonna play. It's not scaring us all that kind of stuff. We're gonna play another date. We we like to play date. We're playing UD, playing a University of Dayton show, October Mm twelfth at the pub, and we've invited real Lou. They're a cool band. There's some pretty good bands in Dayton, despite all the you know the bad the bad press and, and. know where to play. There's, there are actually some pretty good bands today.
1: Yeah, you're actually getting a, a good uh, local uh, Bloomington band, I think, opening for you here. Who is I think it? it's gonna be
2: Velo Deluxe. Oh yeah, John Strong. Yeah, John, do you know yeah, John? That, that's, that's that's a good band, they played with us in Bloomington. Yeah, and, uh, yeah, they, I like them.
1: Yeah, John's a real good songwriter. Yeah. Um, what I wanna ask you, um, so the, the new album, what's what's the title of the next album gonna be?
2: The title of the next album is called The Flying Party Is Here. The Flying Party that's Is Here, okay. <laughs> Don't ask me what that means. All right. It, it, it just sticks to my, uh, you know, my concept or my, my use of visual of, of, of flight imagery. Uh-huh. You know, because we're from we're from the birthplace of aviation, of course. All right. So we have to we have to use all that rocket airplane
1: imagery. Uh, uh-huh. Okay. And um, and and you're recording with Steve Albini, is this right?
2: Yeah, we did we did well on the album. There are three songs recorded by Steve, five recorded by Kim and at Easley in Memphis, and then and there's one recorded here in Dayton at a big studio, and then the rest, like, 11 of them are, like, four-track. Mm-hmm. So it's like half and half. Just recorded at home. We're easing our way into that big studio. <laughs> the next one will probably be all, but, you know, we just got to, I still, those were good experiences, but I still need, for, the, for our next album, we're going to go into a studio, we're going to find somebody who is completely sympathetic to what we want, and we're they're going to let us do exactly what we want. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I mean, it's going to be like, I have to make it, on earth as it is in heaven, man. It's gotta be like it is in the, it has to, when we go in the studio, it hasn't been really that way yet. It's gotta be exactly like it is for us in the basement where we can just like sit around and do whatever we want, you know? And spontaneously do it. We, But like for the last record, we, we did, went in and we, we rehearsed, we rehearsed with Kim for like a month on some stuff. And we're, it turned out good, it sounds really good, but man, it drove me crazy. And you know, I, I think, I don't even think we're gonna rehearse, we're just gonna, for the next time, we're just gonna go in the studio and I'm gonna teach, we're gonna mic the drums, I'm gonna teach Kevin the song, when he, when I think he hits it, then we're, when I think he hits the song, then we're just going to build over the top of it because that's how we do it on the four track in the basement. So like that's that's my plan for the for the next record is to do it that way. And I've got the songs written for it, so we're ready. So you want some money? Yeah, <laughs> give me some advance money, Matador. You know, 4AD wants us really bad. Yeah, yeah. We went up, We just got back from Europe. Hmm. And it, it was a really successful tour. We toured for like a month. Yeah. That's... And 4AD man, if they love us over there, and they said they want us. So. I'll just I'll wave that carrot in front of Matador, no, I, I like Matador, I'm really happy with Matador I'm just kidding. Yeah, you got the right label. I mean, yeah, am uh, I'm, I'm you know, actually you almost both. signed with a major label. I would have been miserable now, probably.
1: Yeah, I mean it, it depends how how willing are you to uh, to go to the to go the big
2: route. I mean, you've got to do a lot. of you, They tell you you don't have to do this, you don't have to do that, but then they don't have to do this and that for you too, in, in turn, you know. So. You know, I, I I just gotta be, I, I don't wanna be, you know, we're too old to be glamour pusses, you know? We can't, you know, to be doing every every interview, every 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 magazine wants us to do, to be, doing, to be doing 100. You know, we've been asked to do a lot of things, like the host 120 minutes and that kind of stuff, and I turn that down. I don't, for one thing, I'm not that crazy about video. most videos, you know? and yeah. I sit there and like introduce videos that I don't even like, you know? <laughs> so like, there's a lot of stuff we turn down. Did you see us on the Jon Stewart show? No. Yeah. We might, I think we may, we may be gonna do Conan, maybe. Well, that'd be good. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't mind, see, I don't mind performance. I don't mind the band performing and I don't mind doing interviews and that kind of thing, but, I, but like hosting things and just being, you know, doing projects with other people just to be rubbing elbows with them, like, you know, but and, you know, touring with bands like Soul Asylum and all that shit, just to, like, be, you know, ask this move. You know, I'm, I'm not into doing that.
1: So uh, being and, in like, random... You with
2: know, a big label, you might have to do a little bit of that.
1: Yeah, being in random notes was not your lifetime goal, I guess, no. right? <laughs> no. All right. Uh, anything else you want to cover? We covered a lot of ground. Uh, no it oh, was a good conversation yeah yeah it was fun I'm looking forward to seeing you I, I had a great time at the uh, watching you at lollapalooza and so I, cool. the thing that I thought was was so cool was and and that impressed the hell out of my little brother was you know that you were walking around afterward and talking to people and signing autographs and stuff you just you know you don't uh, you didn't ever got the rock star vibe. Yeah, i like, the
2: common folk yeah what I am yeah <laughs> yeah that, really man i, I mean I, I i tell you what I see a lot of that rock star attitude now that we're you know that we're in Touring with people and different things. And there's some bands like like I, I know you know Kim. Kim deals with the Pixies. She said they toured with U two for two months and they never talked to them one time. Mm-hmm. U two never came around. Yeah. We played with Ween, a show in Dallas. Mm-hmm. Never talk, they never came out and talked to us, anybody. They, as a matter of fact, they circled the venue in a, in a, in a limousine until it was time for them to come on.
1: Ween? Yeah. Who, who the
2: fuck is, I mean, I know who that's they are, sad, but but that's it? like, you know, I
1: mean, they're nobody. How can they? are can... nobody, I know. And they, yeah. just,
2: they just act like fucking such rock stars. Yeah,
1: well, that's, that's crazy. I know, yeah, but, but whatever, you know, it's just, it, it's just, I guess. So I gotta find out what record store you're gonna be at at five o'clock. Do you, you have any idea what the guys?
2: <sighs> Uh, I don't know the name of his record store. I'm sorry. Mm, that's right. Uh, his name's Todd Robinson. He's from Dayton. He moved it, moved there and opened up a record, record store in Indianapolis. I wish I could think what it was. Okay. Well, I'll ask a few people. Maybe. He gave me. I'll tell you what, though. He. I think he. Let, let me. Let me see. I wrote something out. Just a second. Okay. Okay. I know. I have the address. Okay. I don't know what's it's called. It's 1521 West 86th Street. 1521. It's in a shopping plaza with- with,
1: Oh, I know the store you're talking about. It's, uh, man, I can't think of what it's called, but I know the store, I can picture it. That is a cool
2: store, too. You know those when you call, man, I'm working on a song that I'm supposed to submit to uh, for a soundtrack. Mm -hmm. It's, uh, I guess Tom Tom Hanks is working on directing and starring in a new movie where they're like a a 64, like one hit wonder band, Uh and their one hit's called That Thing You Do, and I'm I'm writing that song right now, maybe, they may want us to perform that. Wow. That's pretty cool. Okay. That's kind of, yeah, I like don't you like that? Yeah. I was even asked to score a whole movie and shit. So that's it's an interesting new direction. Mm-hmm.
1: All right. Well, that sounds good. Look, I'm looking forward to seeing you, and I'll uh, come up and say hi. Give you a copy of the article on uh, on Saturday. Cool. All right. Looking forward to seeing you. Take care. See you later. Bye. <laughs>
0: Hey, thanks for listening to the Tapes Archive podcast. Please remember, you can always find more information about the show and the individual episodes at our website, thetapesarchive.com. Until next time, the vault is closed.